0: Phoenix Suns are up 29 points in this game. 29 points against the Memphis Grizzlies playing at home. They give up 35 points in the third quarter, only score 25. They give up 38 in the fourth quarter, only score 25. But somehow, someway, the Suns win by two, are now... 24 and 24 on the season. They're back to 500, Matthew. And they are uh, they are on a three-game winning streak, man. So I think in, in celebration of a three-game winning streak, we need three people on the podcast. <laughs> How
1: about that? Yeah,
0: let's go, dude. One for each win. Let's rock this, dude. <laughs> let's rock it. How we feeling, Matthew? How
1: we feeling? How about them boys? I'm feeling good. Um, I'm, I am already quickly forgot. I'm good. I moved on. We got the Suns. They're winning for me. They're there for me. In the end, they will fail and not win a championship. But for right now, I'll take the wins over these Cowboys losses.
0: (laughs) How, How are you feeling about the Cowboys loss today, Suns Geek?
2: Well, in my expert NFL analysis, I can guarantee you that I have no clue what I'm talking about.
0: (laughs) Well, we appreciate Suns Geek for joining us on the show. It's always fun when the three of us get together and have an opportunity to talk about the Phoenix Suns, uh, especially under the circumstances in which we do tonight. Again, the Suns win 112 to 110 over the Memphis Grizzlies, despite being up by 29 points. And there's going to be plenty of things to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you're listening at a later date and time, please subscribe, please rate, please review. Please give us one of those excellent five-star reviews like many of you have been recently on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. If you're watching the feed on YouTube, give us the thumbs up unsubscribe subscribe there as well. Suns Geek, tell them where they can go ahead and follow you as well. Yes
2: sir, once again thank you guys for having me on uh at Sun's Geek on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, just search Sun's Geek and you'll find me.
0: There you go. Too easy. And and right off the bat, Black Sunday gives a $5 super chat. Oh. And he says Coach Jenkins because for some reason everyone thinks that I look like Coach J- Jenkins from the the Memphis Grizzlies. Black Sunday asks Coach Coach Jenkins, what did you say to your team in the locker room to get them to power back like that? Uh you know, did the despite the, the I don't to bow, to power back like they did despite the lose? Uh, it was real simple. This is what I said to, the, to my team, the Memphis Grizzlies. I go, listen, the Suns Jam <laughs> Session podcast. John's a fan of the Bills, so they lost today. Matthew's a fan of the Cowboys, so they lost today. The today, we're getting our ass kicked at halftime, and we have to fulfill the prophecy of the Suns losing as well. So go out there and fulfill that pros- prophecy, yeah. in Grizzlies.
1: You fulfill that prophecy. It's what it felt like today. The Holy yeah. Trinity, yeah. You know, well, I was I was driving home, and I was like, oh, this is a win for the Suns. All of a sudden, I pull over with my donuts, and I'm like, dude, it's actually a close game. So, you know, I pound down a donut and watch the final minute and get the victory, Ooh. dude.
0: Hey, a W's
1: a W. Yeah. We'll take
0: it. We're back to 500. So pop them if you got them. Suns so Geek, you popping open an ice cold beverage? Oh, yeah. Especially after nice. a three-game win streak. Let's pop it <laughs> <up. laughs> open. I got some <laughs> Dylan Dylan Brooks' tears over here. So cheers, Suns fans. <laughs> Let's talk about another victory for your Suns. at home 112 to 110 sending the grizzlies to a 31 and 15 record overall uh but they're 11 and 12 on the road but it it brings my first question matthew i got to ask so i'll start with sun's geek on this one okay And, and matthew you can you can answer this as well but it's real simple are the Grizzlies the most hated team in the NBA right now? And if so, why?
2: They're one of them cuz according to social media, Twitter, uh the Phoenix <laughs> Suns are the most hated team in the NBA. And and to some, you know, YouTuber content creators out there, they're the their most hated team, but uh the Grizzlies are they're climbing up there. Why? Are yeah. the Grizzlies now? Or- and the Suns.
0: Why both? Why are we hated?
2: I don't know, man, because we have Chris Paul, and apparently he's the most hated point guard of all time, apparently. And because Devin Booker is a superstar in this league, and the, the NBA world doesn't want to accept that, and, you know, because of the Game 7 stuff, and yada, 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 you guys already know. But the Memphis Grizzlies, though, they are working their way up as one of the most hated teams in the league. I guess it really all started with the whole, um, you know, we good in the West thing and then that hallway dancing stuff they do or whatever. Um, But, you know, I guess we can kind of find common ground because apparently we're the villains of the NBA and so are the Grizzlies now. And and we're in the same conference and all that. So I don't really know if that answers your question, but uh, I don't know. I'm pretty petty about the whole Suns being the most
1: hated team. It's just, it's the social media trolls, man what do
0: you think matthew
1: yeah so the thing is with the grizzlies they acted like they won the championship before they won yeah i think last year they were calling the shot this year saying this is their year john moran put it out there with his interview and once you do that you know the targets on your back uh from the fans uh, from other teams from other teams themselves it's going to be there the suns kind of got there because they're kicking everybody's ass last year but they never really talk a lot of shit they They really didn't. I think the fans did a lot. Um, Booker would during games a few times, maybe to some fans on the side. But during games, Booker went through a a stage where he talked shit. But they were on a winning streak; like they were owning teams. He was owning the NBA at that point. The thing is, like Memphis, just thinks they kind of won it before they actually won it. Like even Clay Thompson, in the middle of the playoff run last year, when they're in the finals, he points out in a press conference, this Warriors team or this this uh, Grizzlies team is, you know, they're, they're a joke. They haven't won anything yet. So when you start doing that, it's going to be pretty tough for you to win anything because these teams will get up. The Suns team will get up for you, even though they don't have their closer and Devin Booker there. They're gonna they're gonna come out there and kick your ass. And the Suns, they're just hated because they won. And a lot of people don't like Devin Booker, but
0: mm-hmm. it was
1: just kind of weird. I don't know why the Suns are really hated. It's, I think when you start winning, people hate you. But the Grizzlies kind of did it themselves. The Suns kind of avoided that last year, but they still were hated.
0: Well, I think that you know Suns Geek hit it on the head. With a hammer, and it was a nail. I like that, yeah, he hit the <laughs> hammer, hit the nail on the head with the hammer. When he said it was social media, right? Like, so for those of you us who are actively engaged on social media, especially Twitter, you know, follow me at Darth Voida, follow him at Matthew Ulysses, follow him at Suns Geek. Uh, we see the comments, we see the trolls, we see the people who uh, don't like other teams that have success, and the Phoenix Suns, they, they set themselves up. Last season, especially after the NBA finals run. Yeah, it didn't help that a lot of members of the Phoenix Suns social media sphere were massive shit talkers and people who didn't really know what it was like to win and how to win. You couple that with after games, the Phoenix Suns, who won 64 games last season, were doing workout videos. And they're, they're in the back of the arena, and like Chris Paul and Devin Booker are doing push-ups <laughs> off of workout balls. And winners work. <laughs> winners work, exactly. And, and, and as a fan base, we get behind that. We're like, yeah, that's why this team is being as successful as they are. They're grinding it out because even after a game, winners work. From the outside looking in, and, and I say this now through the lens of observing who and what the Memphis Grizzlies are, it's kind of cringy. You're like, okay, yeah, you guys just won a game, and now you're doing push-ups, and you're posting that on social media? Like, that is kind of cringy right there, right? The Memphis Grizzlies have taken that mantle from the Phoenix Suns. One, because the Phoenix Suns, nobody cares about them anymore. Anytime you get into any type of, I wouldn't say Twitter argument, but just simple exchange, the Phoenix Suns have a history of negative moments that any fan base can pull upon And just shut you up because they're right. We've never won anything. We've never hurt anybody's feelings completely. You know, I wouldn't say completely. Like, like look at Denver fans, for example. Like their feelings were hurt because we beat them in four games. And in true Phoenix Suns fans fashion, they we didn't handle it well. The Suns in four guy and all that shit. So there is some repercussions from that. What you're seeing from Memphis is just what my two podcasting partners just stated was the fact that this team is Dancing in the back, kind of like the Suns did last year. Ja Morant is saying, you know, there's no one in the West that they that he really thinks can challenge the Memphis Grizzlies, despite the fact that with their loss today against the Phoenix Suns, against the Western Conference, they are now 15 and 12. They're 16 and 3 against the Eastern Conference. They should ask if who, who scares him coming out of the East. If he said nobody, that would have been had some more validity to it. But they've put a target on their back from opposing teams, and they've put a target on their back from opposing fans due to the cringiness of some of the actions that they've done, coupled with members of their roster. As as Matthew said, Chris Paul is a member of the Phoenix Suns. Guess what? We're gonna always have, or maybe Suns geeks said it. Suns Geek, always, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon said it. He's like, we have Chris Paul on the team, therefore people will hate us. They have yep. Brooks on their team, therefore people will hate them. <laughs> when you look at that, and it was just interesting coming into this game. Thinking about that, because of, of, of who they are and, and the way that they've acted, and then to see the way that they responded today, and I'll get to the subreddit stakeout in a little bit, but it goes—it's more than just the team; it's the fans. When you go to a subreddit stakeout, you you go to the subreddit of the opposing team, and they always have a game thread. Last time I did subreddit stakeout against the Memphis Grizzlies, literally the name of the thread was like "fuck Chris Paul." The name of the thread today was It's Game Day. Your Memphis Grizzlies take on, take to the road to face the Northern Arizona Suns, RIP, in a rare NBA versus G League matchup. That's what their subreddit stated. And then the Phoenix Suns came out in the first quarter. They went 32 points Memphis Grizzlies, 18. Outscored them 30 to 19 in the second quarter. Yes, they hung on by two, but it just goes to show you the cringiness, if you will, The cockiness, if you will, of that fan base, they they still have a long way to go. And we can understand that because of where we've been. Right, Brandon?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess my final thoughts on this really are, and look, I'll be fair. Last year, let's be real, the Suns did talk shit. They Mm -hmm. did. It kind of made me mad at times. I was like, yo, like, let's just chill for a little bit. at the same time, (laughs) I was kind of part of that at times, too, especially on Twitter and all that. But I will say this is that the Grizzlies are kind of doing what the Suns have done now. And in all fairness, at times, I really feel like the Phoenix Suns can't do anything right according to certain people on, you know, social media and yes. all that. And when I reference the whole, like, sometimes NBA content creators are making videos about the Suns, like, I, I was sent a video saying, like, the Suns are the most hated team in the league. And I just shook my head, didn't even bother to watch it. Yeah. Uh, but, and I feel like the Grizzlies are climbing up the rankings there. And it's it's just really <laughs> tricky. You know, you know, like you were saying with the su- uh, the subreddit stakeout and everything, I feel like a lot of people follow the narratives and the headlines, and it's sad because they really don't know what's going on, in my opinion. I'm not saying, like, everybody does. I don't want to sound like I'm a gatekeeper or anything, but I just feel like a lot of people follow the headlines. They see the memes or whatever. They see, like, the quick highlights on Instagram, and that's their picture of the Phoenix Suns, and it's mm-hmm. bad. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the, the Suns have to do – they have to overcome that. They have to start winning – and not get embarrassed in the playoffs again to overcome that, in my opinion. I don't yeah, really know it, if that answers your question,
1: but no, I yeah. totally. I I think what Memphis does, I think it's cool. They do the dancing in the hallway before it's fine. The Suns used to dance before every game last year. Yeah, Aiden would pick up the mop stick and use it as a microphone while the warm-ups <laughs> were happening. Like when you're winning, it's fun, it's fine. And you can talk shit. Every team does, every fan base should talk shit. It's fun, that's what sports yeah. is. The fact that Morant did say that there's no one in the West that can compete, that's the only reason. Because I, I was a big Memphis fan. I love Memphis. I love Morant. Mm-hmm. I picked him to win MVP last year. I love this team. I love it. I love Baines. I think he's amazing. Like, I wish he was on the Suns, obviously. I love Adams. I like their team a lot. I like, JJJ, I do. Yeah. Now they're hated because of that. If they're winning if they play hard, it doesn't matter. Booker Everyone did played. such a good job yeah. last year with the All Star game where he talked to Draymond Green where he was doing the sideline stuff and he's like, so you think the Suns can come out of the West? And he's like, well, we'll take it like one game at a time. Whatever he said. Yep. Professional answer. You don't want to give them anything to think like we're douchebags over here. Yeah, anything between the lines, we're going to talk shit. We're going to be that team that's going to hate the other team and just demolish them because we're that much better. There's no reason they really hate that from other teams. It's just those comments. That's the only thing. So can't go back on it now. It's too late.
0: Yeah, true. And again, it's it's the, one of those fine lines. I mean, obviously, you know, Matthew and I, we have the Suns jam. Uh, session podcast suns geek you run a fantastic youtube channel and you're constantly creating phoenix suns content out there so we have different opinions of our team (laughs) and different opinions of the opposing team and sometimes we we contribute to that narrative we are people who have a voice much akin to a lot of our fellow watchers and listeners you have a voice as well and that's the beautiful thing about this it's the fun thing about this is we can all get together and talk about what we view this Phoenix Suns team to be, what we view the opposition to be, what frustrates us about our team, what frustrates us about opposing teams. At the end of the day, I think it's all meant in good fun. Like if I saw Dylan Brooks in person, yeah, okay, I still would probably punch him in the face if I can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, you know? But he, he looks like a WWE yeah. guy, and I'm afraid yeah, he would body slam me. talking about his
1: hair. It's really bad. Um, his. <laughs> just the guy has a rough look, but it's, um, he's got a rough
0: look. He's got a rough game, rough (laughs) attitude. (laughs) He he, he just rough attitude. They were talking about, it's
1: nice to have a player like that on your team. You know, it's not. If I had Dylan Brooks, I liked him actually. I I did. It's so weird. I liked him going into last season. Then last season on. Then I started to not like him. I liked. I hated him a little bit. But John's always been on the boat ever since college. So <laughs>
0: yeah, I've hated him since he was at Oregon. That's
2: why I sent you that tweet earlier, John. Yes, I Dylan saw.
0: <laughs> yeah, right after the flagrant foul, yeah. you hit me up, and I was just I, like, yeah, I, no, another reason fast. to hate him. <laughs> yep. Another reason to hate him. There's always a reason to hate him. Real quick in the chat, Legend E. Wait, John, how is Lamar Jackson overrated? Somebody tweeted – this is a total sidebar, but somebody tweeted out today, and they said, name somebody who's more overrated than Josh Allen. I said, Lamar Jackson. He overrates himself. That's that's the end of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and I like what Ozzy Suns fan podcast says. He said, I would punch Brooks so fucking hard, the repercussions would be so worth it. It's just <laughs> – you know, and again, this is what happens when Jeez. You, <laughs> I love everything about Memphis, except Dylan oh, wow, like he just man. he really frustrates me. But yeah. let's go down a different avenue. Let's focus on a little bit of positive because the Phoenix Suns won this game. Guys, we're back to 500 following this victory. We're 24 and 24, which if you had told me that we were 24 and 24 on January 22nd and we'd be going woo, like we're Ric Flair at the beginning of the season, I'd be like, are you knucking futz? Like, that's not right. But given the state of the Suns, seeing what we've done up to this point, knowing the struggle that we faced relative to injuries, with this victory, the Phoenix Suns are now the seven seed in the West. And help is on the way. Help is on the way. Chris Paul returned tonight. Cameron Johnson's back. Kevin Booker's around the corner. So let's talk about some of those guys. Let's start with the point guard. the point guy. Chris Paul returned tonight, played 38 minutes, which I'm not a huge fan of. The the simple fact that this team blew a 29-point lead kept Chris Paul in the game, but he had 22 points. He had 11 assists in this game. He had six rebounds, did have the five turnovers, was three of nine from beyond the arc, was eight of 18 from the field. Brandon, what did you see from the point got tonight?
2: Fantastic first half, and I don't remember what he did in the second half because the second half was a roller coaster, but oh my God, that first half. I, I was tweeting tweeting about it like every 10 seconds. Uh, he just looked really patient out there in the first half. Mm-hmm. That was one thing I noticed. And we all know that Chris Paul can do that, but, you know, he's, it's his first game back in what feels like forever, and he looked really patient out there. A few times he looked a little gassed, which is fair. But, I mean, you saw that play where he's dribbling in, in between his legs, and Steven Adams came up on him, and he flickered that ball, in the po- and it just little, little things like that. And then taking the ball up and just, you know, hitting the mid-range shot, and I can't say the word patient enough but also setting guys up. Uh there was a particular Tory Craig 3 that stands out to me in the first half. I think somebody fell to the floor so it was a 4 on 5. <clears throat> Chris Paul ran it up and kind of took his time. Tory Craig was wide open and he dished it for the open 3 and just little things like that. But again, in the second half, you guys might have to save me here cuz I don't really remember what he did. Maybe it was the 38 minutes. That's kind of why he faded out of the game or
0: whatever. Did he even play in like the final three minutes of the game? Yeah, he was out there for sure. I mean, but you look I at didn't his see him, man. <laughs> he 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 played 11 minutes and 55 seconds in the fourth quarter. Okay, he played all but five seconds in that fourth quarter. Now, granted, he was two of five from the field. He was zero of three from beyond the arc. He was—he only had five points. Right. But w- what the Phoenix Suns strategically did in that fourth quarter is they didn't put the ball necessarily in Chris Paul's hands yeah. a ton. Mikael Bridges was bringing the ball up. It wasn't until that final possession with 28 seconds left and the Suns up by four or or two points, Chris Paul had the ball. They waited patiently again, to echo your sentiment there, Brandon. Patient. Yeah. He was patient as he allowed the double team to come to him, to which he passed out to Mikhail Bridges, to which he got down to Dario Sarge, who got the foul called and hit two major free throws. But I think that, you know, you hit on a key thing when it comes to Chris Palm. this. One, had he not played in that fourth quarter because the, the Phoenix Suns blew the lead, he would have only ended with like 26 minutes. It would have been fantastic. It's exactly what you need from him. You know, but the other side of that is... He's gonna have to have an opportunity to work himself back into shape. Matthew, are you a fan of him mm-hmm. playing that many minutes? I mean, it's kind of a victim of circumstance at this point, right?
1: Yeah, it, it kind of sucks because you have him back, but then Booker's not back. Booker, if he plays, I feel like this game is maybe out of reach and he plays more minutes. Um but Booker would play more minutes, and Chris Paul can kind of sit. But that's the way it is with this team. I feel like the whole minutes thing. It's like you go into games, um, and you you kind of hope like, oh, McKill might hopefully let's get him under thirty five minutes tonight. But no, it's always forty minutes. Always. No matter what, he's gonna be run ragged by the end of the, the whole, by the end of the year again. Like this is the way it is. Cameron Johnson goes over his minutes restrictions last game. Like it's just because of the situation. It's Monty said he's like when Cam came in, you know that. We fed off of it. The crowd was excited. Um, it was a moment for us, and we knew that we had to win this game. And it was it's not really a must-win, but it kind of is. You kind of want to go on a streak here. And it's the same thing with Chris Paul. It's like you kind of, kind of keep him in because of the circumstance. But that's the way it is always with the Suns. It's like you, these guys kind of get more minutes than what you want. But you have kind of the right group to do that, too, because I feel like Chris Paul doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'll play 45 minutes or 48 minutes. I don't care. He was he's not out gonna, he's not gonna for what, complain? like
2: six games or something like that? Yeah, so for a while. He was making so up I'm for sure the he's fine. Time. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: he'll he get should've. more rest. He'll get he'll get more rest. This was kind of like a rest for him. I feel like I feel like he'll he'll have a few of these going down the stretch of the season where he'll have two or three games off in a row or something like that. So I'm okay with the minutes, but this soon it's kind of crazy. Well, I just think that
0: he probably was available for last night's game against the Indiana Pacers but the Phoenix Suns knew that the Memphis Grizzlies would be a tougher challenge seen as they're the second team in the Western conference. And if you wanted to blow your load, if you will, relative to minutes tonight's the night you do it right. You let Saban Lee, you let Dwayne Washington jr. Eat mm-hmm. up all the minutes yesterday. You, you say, Chris Paul, we're going to ride you tonight. Knowing that you're off tomorrow, you play the horny Hornets on Tuesday on Thursday. Yeah. You know, you, you have a game against the Dallas Mavericks and then you play the San Antonio Spurs. Like, <laughs> What's interesting about the month of January to this point is coming into tonight, the opposition has had a winning percentage of 58%. And you take a look at next week, between the Hornets, the Mavericks, and the Spurs, the opposition has a winning percentage of 37%. It's been this perfect storm for the Phoenix Suns in January of injuries plus really tough competition and we're on a th- we're, we're exiting that that really tough stretch. We think back to Christmas. Think back to right before Christmas. And we all talked about it as Devin Booker got hurt on Christmas Day. We're like, "Fuck." Yeah. Not only is he getting hurt, but we're going into a really tough stretch of the season. And now we're starting to exit that tough stretch. We're doing so on a three-game winning streak. Have we lost some games? Absolutely. Have we looked bad? Absolutely. But we're 500. We're half game out of the sixth spot. How are you feeling about where the Phoenix Suns are right now, Suns Geek?
2: I'm feeling better, and I think you put it perfectly. And and I remember somebody in my comment section pretty much said the same thing as well. I'm paraphrasing, but they pretty much said, I kind of feel like the Suns are out of the storm, if you will. Um, And and I was looking at the schedule as you were talking. Now, I'm a huge believer, even last year and the year before that, you can lose on any given night. So I don't know if the Hornets game is going to be a trap game necessarily because they're really beat up and they're injured. Who knows if Lamelo Ball is going to play? Like, think about it. Charlotte—they're one of the worst teams in the league. Dallas—that's a toss-up. Who knows? they I think they've lost like four in a row. Um, yeah,
0: they're they're four and six in their last ten. They're definitely yeah. a, a one of those up and down teams. They're twenty-five and twenty. Are they're twenty twenty-five and 20 are they are and 23 now after losing yeah. tonight?
2: And then like San Antonio, Toronto, Atlanta—teams that are struggling. So as of right now, I am feeling better about the Phoenix Suns because we pretty much got through our toughest part arguably of the entire season, you know, with with the schedule and everything. As we saw tonight, guys are slowly but surely coming back. Fingers crossed and praying for Devin Booker. Hopefully he comes back as soon as possible. Uh, Maybe we might need to tighten up on some minutes restrictions for players like, you know, CP3 and Cam and all that. But uh, I'm feeling better. And someone also pointed this out too, that like the second, you know, the, the, the second and third unit, the guys that were like filling in for all these injured players, they obviously hadn't played that much together, like in a real game, if you will. And we kind of saw that get better and better throughout these last few games. And now with Chris Paul back and Cam Johnson, it's like it's all slowly but surely coming together. So I'm feeling better. And then you kind of mentioned the standings too. Uh, third, what is like 12 teams or something like that could make the playoffs right now. And there's only eight slots to make it. It's like the, the Western Conference, and I, I'm a big standings guy, I'm always checking the standings and everything. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do that as of late because it's like every single day the standing is different. One day we were the yeah. 12th seed. Now we're like, what, the 7th or 6th or whatever? It's, mm-hmm. it's insane.
1: Yeah, I think that um, going to the All-Star break too, you always think about those teams that are like the hot teams in the second half of the season, which actually is usually after the All-Star break. I thought the Suns would be that team. Yeah. Um, they might start a little bit earlier just because they're pulling these games off when they're not supposed to. Yeah, um, what John did say, like, oh, Chris Paul's in certain. Line, I'm like, what? And he's like, well, Aiden's not. But I'm like, I don't care. But you know what I mean? Like, he's just like, who cares? <laughs> um, you know, when Chris Paul's back, I'm like, oh, OK, well, Cameron Johnson just came back. Chris Paul's back. We won this game. We probably should have blown them out with a full squad. But it's like maybe this is starting a little bit earlier. And it's just about getting hot at the right time. Yeah, 13 teams right now are really in the hunt. I think uh the Lakers are in the 13th spot with 21 and 25. crazy to think Yeah, about. and you just want to be a top six. You yeah. do because you're not scared of any of these teams. You're really not. I mean, the Pelicans, but the Pelicans have to be healthy, and they can't even, be healthy.
2: Even the OKC Thunder, believe it or not, you would think they're trying to tank for Yamba, but they could make the playoffs, and they're, they're actually playing pretty good basketball, as crazy as that sounds, the yeah. OKC Thunder. Can't yeah,
0: they're it. playing really well because they have a lot of talent on their team. There's a lot of talent. In the NBA period, and you take a look at the standings overall, and you know, as, as Matthew mentioned, of the fifteen teams in the Western Conference, thirteen are still in the hunt, and only ten make the make it to the play and, and, and to no Brandon's point, only, and only eight make it to the actual playoffs. Yep. You look on the Eastern Conference side of things, and it's it's a little bit more convoluted. There's about of the fifteen teams over there, I'd say twelve are still fighting for the playoffs. The, the Magic, the Hornets, the Pistons—they're they're out of it in my personal opinion, the wizards oh, yeah. are probably, and then yeah. the Raptors are probably not too far behind. Yeah, I don't so, have faith in those teams. Yeah, I don't either. And, and again, because they lack, you know, the, the Raptors, the wizards, they lack the talent, the, the magic have talent, but they lack the, the know-how yeah. they're still lurking on the, they're still working on the chemistry and trying to discover who they are. They're young so, too. They are. And, and every win is so vital. And that's what, you know, again, as we're starting to come out of this stretch you have to be thankful as a Suns fan because the reinforcements are coming. The schedule's easing up. Now, granted, the Suns still have the 10th hardest schedule per tank It's the 10th or the 11th hardest remaining schedule in the NBA. But it's better than the top five. You know, 10th, that's like upper third. It's not like upper... 2%
2: better than what we faced in early January. <laughs> yeah.
1: But at 100%. this rate too, you just never know with injuries and stuff. And I think the Suns will need the actual like kind of competition going into the playoffs, you know, with this team we'll kind of just test yeah. them a little bit more. That's um, Cause you just never know who's actually gonna be playing these games. Um, but I think the Suns can get hot at the right time. So it is crazy how just a week ago we were talking about, you know, let's just like the, the lottery. Let's blow it up. Like t- the podcast, we're serious about blowing this team up. And it's like, wait, hold on. Like, even Booker's like, who's got to ask a question to um was it DA or someone after the game? I think it was Mikhail Bridges saying the window's gonna be closed. And then a uh, Booker did tweet out, like, that was a dumb question. Yeah,
0: it was Chris Haynes of <laughs> Yeah, TNT it's like what kind of stupid
1: ass question yeah. was that? That's was pretty bad. <laughs> the windows, dude. No, it's injuries, all right. And we had to chill out too, but I never went that far. I never went that far. So we asked the questions though, because
0: it's the responsible <laughs> thing to do is you have yeah. to ask that, quen- that question. When your team's on a six-game losing streak, you have to ask that question. But to your point, reinforcements are coming back. We we played the drop for CP3. Cam Johnson was back again. Lights, Cameron, action. Wasn't the most amazing Cameron Johnson performance. 29 minutes played. He was three of nine from the field. He did not hit a three-pointer. Ended with eight points, six rebounds, one assist in this game. But what I appreciated about the effort from Cam Johnson was just that it was a quality effort. He was utilizing his physicality on some box outs. You know, he was making the right plays. He was in the right spots. You know, that's what you're looking for as he starts to get himself reintegrated back into this offense and back with this team. You know, Matthew, You're the Cameron Johnson, uh, the head of the Cameron Johnson fan club. You get tons of mail sent to your house, (laughs) addressed to the president of the Cameron Johnson fan club. What kind of things have you been reading as you've been accepting that fan mail?
1: Oh, there's just a lot of really awkward naughty picks i'm getting I'm really getting, not, not a Do whole lot of donors too <laughs> yeah well i get coupons for donuts i have to go pick them up myself How rude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude I tell you about it like the way that cameron johnson looks is great of course he comes back great game feel like the energy he had and i'm sure he was super excited to be back on the floor gave it to the team took the night off again then comes back, and you're not gonna have a perfect night every night. We even talked about when he comes back; it's gonna take a few weeks, maybe even a month, for him to actually look like Cameron Johnson again. Um, but he has that killer instinct, uh, a look on his face that Dak Prescott does not have. He's a guy that you can actually <laughs> trust to make the right the right place. He's becoming a vet before our eyes. I know he's had the injury issues, but he just he looks comfortable. He's a mature guy that just fits this offense and is kind of like you said, bodying up and using his. His his size, something that he needs to do, and they need the toughness too. And I feel like he can kind of bring that as long as he plays like a smart, physical kind of basketball. He can be that guy. Not extremely like maybe like a not as extreme as a Jay Crowder maybe, but he can be someone that can be a threat on the boards and just using his size to his – to his limits, um, we'll see how good he gets at that part of his game because we really do need that. Um, but shooting is always going to be there for sure. I'm just happy he's back, man. There was some girl that actually posted on Twitter of her crying in the audience when he came back. You know what? It's emotional. Sometimes I think about these guys driving. I'm thinking about Booker. I'm like, oh,
2: dude, eating a I'm donut. so
1: excited coming back. Yeah, <laughs> eating my fifth donut. I'm like, dude, <laughs> no, I miss that guy.
2: Matt, that was well done, well said and everything. Or well well done's better than well said, but – uh I'm going to pretty much piggyback off what you said. Um, Just the fact that he's out there. And I think we saw that in what the Pacers game or whatever. Just the Mm -hmm. fact that he's out there uh, being aggressive, trying to hit shots. I mean, not every day that the ball is going to go in the basket. But keep in mind, even though that play was broken at the very end, he did hit that clutch shot. And I think he went to the free throw line. Um, So, again, just the fact that he's out there. And you are right. He does kind of need to get a little more aggressive on the boards. And some people mentioned it in the chat. I think he's a really underrated defender. I'm not saying he's like a Mikhail Bridges type defender, but he's, I feel like his defense gets really overlooked. And again, just the fact that he's out there, dude, we just need bodies out there. And I'm just so happy
1: he's back, man.
2: Even if he did kind of struggle like he did tonight.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like, someone's like, well, we actually need probably Booker back for help. But it's like, no, we just need guys that can shoot. Like, we just need shooters. We need bodies out there. If more bodies than the other guys are, you know, they can save their energy for certain types of, I, like the Akogi's just um, even Mikhail, even like um, ish, like these guys that are just high energy, yeah. like they can put that energy towards like their <laughs> game, just of the hustle plays and just doing the things that a lot of these players won't do. Now you have just a shooter like Cameron Johnson to come in and get you buckets, which is awesome. You good Andrew, over there, John?
0: Yeah, internet. Oh yeah, kinda, what happened? It's Ring my internet's kinda, getting kind
1: of. <laughs> 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 start talking
0: about Cameron Johnson, I get all hot and bothered. Yeah, no, I think that you know and, and Suns Geek makes a good point too. You know, it's he he might not be on the level of defense when it uh, as Mikael Bridges, but he brings a level of physicality that has definitely been missed by this team this season. Yeah. We definitely need some more of his physicality. Uh, and we definitely need to watch this promo from DraftKings. Listen up, Jamsters. I know this is a basketball podcast, but the NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this upcoming weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action is so good, why not bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get two hundred in free bets instantly, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: That's going to oh. be depressing to watch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Was depressing to watch right now. <laughs> Tell you what wasn't depressing to watch: the Sarge smoke break. Dario Sarge tonight, off the bench, 21 minutes, had 14 points, 4-5 four from the field, 6-7 of seven from the free throw line, had 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 3 steals. How about the play, Brandon, when Dario Sarge stole the ball from Triple J, led the fast break, got it to Dee Lee, who got the and one, we saw some some point Saric running the break. We saw, I live for Dario Saric and one. How great was he tonight?
2: That's what I was going to say, man. How many, how many and ones did Dario Saric have tonight? And let's be real. How many and ones did the entire Suns team have tonight. That is huge. Cause you guys huge. know we don't get to the free throw line much, especially like when Booker and all of them are out. Uh, this game was incredible. And I even jokingly said on Twitter, I was like that Dario highlight of him running the floor and everything. And I think he got that. And one that has to be a top 10 highlight. And I'm not even joking. I'm, I'm gonna die on that hill. Uh, Dario was great, man. Sometimes it's just that energy and that effort that you need from Dario. He sometimes has overlooked games like that. Like he may not really stand out statistically on uh, you know on the stat sheet, but he has games where he is really effective and productive, and he hit the clutch free throws that pretty much won us the game. You could yes. argue that. I even tweeted that. Out. I said clutch Dario. Wouldn't thought I'd tweet that out ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what, man? This takes me back to the off season when he was playing for Croatia and the uh, the FIBA tournament or whatever it's called, FIBA World. Uh, I said FIBA World Cup, FIBA World. What's Euro Cup? I don't know. EuroBasket? Yeah, you get my yeah point. like the
0: Euro the, the Euro Championships, whatever it
2: is. I, I had to think about that. It's so been uncultured. Such a, such, a, such a crazy ride and a crazy season. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, he looked really good in the EuroBasket tournament, and I think that that was shown a lot tonight and then like i mentioned in some games in the past where he's kind of had an overlooked game just the fact that he's healthy fingers crossed
1: uh dario was great tonight it's fun watching the cowboys game you're just having the hardest time you hear john over there on the chair like go go dario dario and one like what wait there's a fast break and he's running the fast break and i missed that shit watching this Cowboys. Dario's an
2: all-star now (laughs) yeah
1: you know we talked a lot about last pot i'm like i like the way he's looking and this is silly to say, dude. I feel like he is one of those X Factor kind of players. Um, he got the foul at the end, and I'm not sure if it was a foul, but he actually I'll got take a call. It. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it too. Yeah, he never um, gets a call. He, he never finally does. Got a call I was after. so surprised when he fell on the floor. I was like, "What? <laughs> That's a foul? Yep, he got a foul." But he is and an John X-factor Morant the way, can dude. never complain about bullshit fouls. No, no one can in the NBA he he's going to play a big part with this team going forward. Um, unless I don't know if he's going to be traded or what, who knows? I I doubt it because I feel like the way this team is playing right now with the chemistry is really, really good. It was like it was before kind of in a way, but he's like, he'll have an off game here or there, but I feel like overall, man, he's kind of a guy we can count on right now. He's not being a big dumb jerk out there. Like he was before.
2: Can I cut you <laughs> off? Matthew too. Oh, is also like if you notice, obviously Bismack got in foul trouble, and uh, who, who else Jacques was out Landell there? Was, yeah, he thank got you, Jock Landell. Thank you for saving me there. They both like, fouled out. Even though Dario's not the biggest presence out there, he's like what six foot ten, six foot eleven. He was there for the size and strength, if you will, and that was really huge. He, he was in foul trouble too. He had five, five fouls. fouls. <laughs> yeah. Still, I mean, that's he, the fact that he was he, out he, there. I thought was huge.
0: Yeah, yeah and and who knows? You know, fouls. with Jock Landell and Busy a- being out there, yeah, you will. One, you have to use them, and they they used them. They did, but. Due to the foul trouble, Dario was out there to ultimately get fouled and hit those clutch free throws. So kudos to him again, 14 points coming off the bench. And kudos to Tori Craig tonight, because he's been kind of absent recently. So coming into this game, the last four games for Tory Craig, he's averaging 25.6 minutes played. He and in that 25.6 minutes, he's averaging 3.8 points. He's averaging 12.5% shooting from beyond the arc. He's averaging 30% just straight-up field goal percentage. Torrey Craig has offensively been absent. Now, we haven't been riding him very much. I think that what he brings on the defensive end, the rebounding that he's provided, uh, is absolutely paramount to the success of this team. You know, 4.8 rebounds in those last four games entering tonight. But you take a look at his performance tonight, 20 points four rebounds, a couple steals, four of six from beyond the arc, seven of nine overall shooting. Torrey Craig was absolutely paramount to the success of this team tonight. He was part of what built that big lead. It was him who was finding him, who, who was being open, who was cutting and and allowing Chris Paul to throw that whip around pass to, as the offense was being navigated, and Mikhail Bridges, was going for 24 points tonight. It was Torrey Craig who found, found himself open and ultimately knocked down those shots, Suns Geek.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I he had a few, I guess, quote, clutch threes kind of later in the game, but he was aggressive all game. I feel like it might have gotten overlooked with how great the Suns played in the first half. And even though we kind of blew it in the second half, I feel like his performance might go a little bit overlooked. But, you know, hitting those open shots and everything, and... I don't want to make excuses for Tory Craig. I mean, players go through slumps. I was looking at his stats when you were talking and everything. Maybe he was just thrown off because he was pretty uh, helping us as much as he possibly could while we were super injured. We all know how uh, aggressive he is offensively. But I kind of have a weird theory, maybe because Cam Johnson was starting too and we had three wings out there. Maybe that kind of threw him off a little bit. But mm-hmm. also it might have helped him uh, in a way because, I mean, we all know how much of a threat Cam Johnson is. Mikhail Bridges was really good tonight too, but this was a nice bounce back game for Tory Craig.
1: Yeah, we wrote him so hard, and like you know, um, <laughs> the way that the Suns had to use him so early in the season with Jay Crowder not being there, it's he was our favorite player. He was my favorite player, and he still is. He was a guy that was nonstop. At times when you just get on to eight, and you're like, "Fuck," could you play like Tory Craig? It's like yeah, sometimes they look like Tory Craig out yeah. there. Yep. Um the effort he puts in for this team is just it's unmatched. I feel like, I feel like a Kogi is maybe right there with him for sure, but he's a guy you could count on for forever. He's been playing a lot of minutes this year um, just to make up for Cameron Johnson. So anything he's given us right now is just extra. I think that he'll kind of settle back tonight. tonight, yeah. Yeah. Like tonight he kind of settled back down, but he, he's done so much. We didn't win a lot of games with him starting at power forward, but he did as best as he could. He kind of proved to us. It's like, we kind of forgot about the whole trade thing. So really happy he's on our team right now. I can see why they wanted him back so badly.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm just glad that he, the James Jones didn't trade him to the Pacers last night. Uh, just an effort to bring him back in like two weeks. Cause that's what he likes to do. <laughs> yeah. so I was very excited to see yeah. that he was getting the start yeah. tonight and that, uh, you know, the Phoenix suns, still rostered him. So the effort that he's been providing to us is something that's going to be nothing but paramount to the success of this team. Once we are fully healthy or close to being fully healthy, because he will slide back into his bench role and he's going to provide that production uh, that we really enjoyed the front end of the season when the Phoenix Suns were successful and we were healthy. It was Torrey Craig who was really doing a great job off the bench and he's been serviceable during this stretch. He's taken some beatings, but he's a, he's a the definition of a role player and have him come out again and score 20 points tonight was absolutely fantastic i do want to talk about one other player before i get into some you know like subred stakeout and all that fun stuff and, and just really talk about this memphis team a little bit more uh mikhail bridges You know, it's one thing that we talked about pretty extensively on the podcast is how Mikael Bridges simply just needed some more shot attempts, and he needed to try to be a more integral part of this offense. And you take a look at how the Phoenix Suns played the first half of this month, so the first to the 14th of the month. Mikhail Bridges actually led the team in scoring at 15.3 points per game in the first seven games of the month. The team was one in six in those games. He he uh, he shot forty three point two percent from the field on twelve point six shot attempts in the last week. In the last four games, the team is three and one. He's attempted eighteen point eight shot attempts, so six more shot attempts a game. Twenty three point eight points, and again, the team is three and one. Just I I, I just got to know, you know, Suns geek. What what? How have you been perceiving? everything about Mikhail bridges. Cause there's been, that's been one of those kind of chatter pieces, if you will, on son's Twitter, on son's Facebook is, you know, Mikhail bridges is somebody who we don't need him to score a lot of points. That's not who he's supposed to be. And the other side of that camp, which is one of the camps that I've lived in is like, I get that that's not who he's supposed to be, but right now is what we need from him. And he yeah. can grow from these moments. Where, where do you kind of stand on that stance, if you will, and how have you appreciated his performances over this past week?
2: Sort of on the ladder. Like I'm trying to see both sides of the coin because obviously, as we saw with DeAndre Ayton and Mikhail Bridges, when we were struggling, you know, just recently, we really could have used them to go like on off- off- offensive explosions. Yeah. But the way I look at it is Mikhail Bridges, and you, you, you sort of, uh, Matthew sort of referenced it earlier like Cam Johnson's kind of like a, a veteran now. So is Mikhail Bridges in a way. And it's like, he's getting paid, what, four years, $90 million or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You should want to offensively grow. And we've seen flashes of that. I'm sure I've been on this podcast and I've talked to both of you about it. When Mikael Bridges has like a quiet 25 or 30 point game, which he has done, the Suns are hard to beat. So I, I, and I'm sure if if all three of us ask Mikael Bridges, do you want to be an offensive player? Do you want to be, you know, uh, be consistently on offense and everything? I'm sure he'd say yes. You know what I mean? Because that's all about growing as a basketball player, and again, like I cannot repeat this enough, when he is on, the Phoenix Suns are a tough team to beat. So, and we saw too during that rough January stretch, even on defense, he was struggling in a way. Yeah, it kind of seemed like Mikael Bridges was off, but you know, with Cam Johnson coming back and kind of the floor opening up a little bit more, guys slowly but surely coming back, he just seems more confident now. And another another thing I've been noticing too is. Uh, not that he's really like playmaking Mikhail Bridges, but he can play make, he can take the ball up the floor. That's another area that he can work on and improve and get better at. Um, But I don't know. Players go through slumps, kind of like we saw with Torrey Craig and everything. I I just think he looks happier out there. He looks more confident, but he should want to take on that role and become a better offensive player.
0: And Matthew, and Matthew, you know, real quick, you take a look Mm -hmm. at the way that, Mikhail has has played recently there's most likely an adjustment period obviously to having going from the tertiary or fourth option to kind of being the first or second offensive option i gotta ask you matthew on a scale of one to ten uh how fun
1: is is george kittle I mean, have you seen his long hair and his tattoos? He's just a fun he's guy. He's a fun dude. You know, he, he plays he plays in the NFL and he's a wild guy. I think he might drive a motorcycle too. He plays the right does way. Is he go to the drive-ins? I <laughs> think he, he plays the, the right way. Out? Right. he Right? Like this crazy stuff like
0: that. I don't know much about George Kittle, but I know Fuck that he's cowboys. a fun guy.
1: Sorry.
0: Well, I, I mean, mean, that you, you can cowboys. agree with what Luke Ferris said. He gave us $1.99 in the <laughs> super chat. He said cowboys blow. Hey, do. Sorry, that was a quick tangent. Matthew and I were watching the game, to, and like we just kept commenting on how in love Greg Olsen was. Oh, you know, because nah, Greg Olson's a tight end, I get it, but he's
1: this 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 George Kittle, what a fun the, guy. The what thing is, the thing is, like, they get so bored, all they do is talk about these guys and how awesome they are. It's like just comment on the game, what's happening on the game, stop telling us about Brock Birdie, Purdy, and how good he Brock is birdie whatever the fuck his name is when you throw the ball when he throws the ball for 15 yards and the guy's wide open oh look at that oh my a, god this well, how let did me he tell you about his history guy? again like it's like chill out like that's the that's the hardest part turn it about being a of fan it. of the sucky team if you're a fan of the sucky team you have to listen to this stuff it's tough it is really really hard so like the, it kind of really like was so the nba
2: and uh, on tnt crew does so every time they're the playing thing. and they, they Just, praise the yeah, other team stop
1: but, with that stuff You can are talking about that story
0: you can
1: they're they're in the NFL. They're in the NBA. They're awesome. They're really good at what they do because they made it this far. We get it. So Mikhail
0: Bridges, is yeah, he Mikhail, a more fun dude. guy than George Kittle? Oh, hell yes. yeah, he is. Dude. He
1: dances before games. I hope that comes back, him and Aiden and the triplets. We got to uh, start winning first. <laughs> dude, I love how Mikael's been aggressive. And the offense is just so quick with him. When they went away from DA, and this is not DA slander, it's just like when they went away from like, hey, let's post up DA five times in a row and see what he can do. The the offense got better when McHale was running it and he's running off screens. He's just making sure that you get into quick sets. It's a quick flow. He can cut after he can do whatever you want on offense and it flows better. It looks better. You get quicker shots. You can get back on defense like quicker. It just, everything just is working for him. He was lost. He lost his twin early in the year. He had to put up with DA and the rest of the team. Not saying put up with him, but just saying, like, he he had to deal with everything that was going on and he had to become the leader, and he was. And I'm so glad that that happened right before Chris Paul came back and when Booker comes back, because it's going to help him on the long run. But he doesn't need to shy away from it. I told John, I was like, Monty was saying, like, he doesn't want Mikhail to shy away from this kind of play. It's true. we all feel the same way we all feel we all hope that down the line like he can continue to be this aggressive the shot attempts 20 what did he get eight yeah
2: eight for 21 i think 21 keep it
1: up keep it i know it's going to go down a little bit when booker just just back shooting but keep shooting shooting. he's he's automatic and don't do those crazy fadeaways get to your spots and hit those jumpers because he gets hot
0: how about that crossover into that jumper brandon did you see that play that was nice yeah
2: that was really nice. Uh, and again, that that's the uh, aggressive Mikael Bridges that we all know. And you know, another thing too is I, I even tweeted this out when the ball's zipping around and you actually have ball movement. Mikael Bridges is hard to stop too. That's why mm-hmm. I referenced the Tory Craig three-point shooting because he hit a couple big threes tonight that we needed. And I was like, oh, do you see what happens when the ball is moving? Phoenix Suns. I don't yeah. care who's on the floor. What a move concept. the damn ball.
0: <laughs> yeah, none of that ISO ball. And that's where yeah. the Phoenix Suns excel is when they're when they're. They're whipping that ball around. So uh, before before I get into the Suns <laughs> subreddit stakeout, I got to ask this one question to both of you. Do the Suns win this game or did the Memphis Grizzlies lose it? Going to the first half, the Memphis Grizzlies shot 15 of 50 from the field, which is Rough. 30%. They were 2 of 14 from beyond the arc, which is 14.3%. They scored 37 first half points. The Suns scored 62 first half points they were 7 of 17 from beyond the arc which is 41.2 and they were 24 of 51 from the field which is 47.1 you go to the second half and obviously the numbers kind of flip right the 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 grizzlies shoot 59.5 percent from the field and 50 percent from beyond the arc scored 73 points the sun scored 50 points in the second half 15 of 37 for point. and 33.3% from beyond the arc. So I'll ask again, did the Suns win this game or did the Grizzlies lose it?
2: I think they, I think the Grizzlies lost it. And here's why they had 37 points at halftime. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
2: remember, even though we were had like an eight man roster at one point, there were times where I was scared. If the Phoenix suns were going to get like 50 or 60 points in the game, we kind of saw that tonight Mm -hmm. uh, with the Grizzlies anyways. And yes, they had an excellent, second half and i will give them credit all day they had an amazing second half pretty much we punched them in the mouth in the first half and they punched us in the mouth in the second half but this was a game full of runs man i can i, I i'm looking at my nose right here i'm like 10-0 run by the the memphis grizzlies at one point and then 12 run by the suns and the suns answer with another like run it was just it was chaos it was a great game roller coaster of a game uh, but the Suns won it, and I think they truly won this game in the first half, even though it came down to the wire, a little too close for comfort. Even I was like, literally at the edge of my seat. I was like, oh my God, don't blow the Suns. Uh, we still won, and uh, I think the Phoenix Suns won this game. The, or Excuse me, the Grizzlies lost this game,
1: especially yeah. in the
2: first half. Matthew?
1: I, I think the Suns won it. The energy they've been playing, I'm not surprised they got out to the start they got out to, and the psyche that the, the Grizzlies have right now in these games where it's like you got to kind of prove something now, that can haunt you and i think that can cost you games they
2: but got i think shook.
1: i think the way the suns have been mm-hmm. playing is just they've been they've been on fire they barely won in the end but right now i'll take anything and yeah. if if the grizzlies lost this game because they just going to put the ball in the hoop that's fine with me i'll take any win right now man
0: <laughs> yeah i think you know you you both hit both sides of that argument which i think is valid you know did you. the sun did the suns win <laughs> it did memphis lose it i think both You know, Memphis right now is a better team. They're a more complete team. They're a less injured team. The Phoenix Suns came out with energy, and that's what we've been lacking a lot, but we've been seeing a little bit more, obviously, during this win streak. You're seeing an energetic and a frenetic Phoenix Suns team. And even with Chris Paul back, we still played with some pace in this game. So the Phoenix Suns went out there and they took it, and then they just held on and survived. It was like a roller coaster where they're just, like, plummeting down and just holding on, gritting their teeth, hoping that they – You know, didn't leave their wallet in their back pocket and it's flying up and somebody just got 50 bucks. So it's just, I mean, that's just the way it goes. (laughs) That's just the way it goes. But again, a win is a win. And this is the subreddit stakeout. The sun's jam session, subreddit stakeout. Subreddit stakeout, especially when you're playing against a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, Uh, their fan base is obviously highly engaged and they were appalled at what they saw. Again, they, I, I stated it earlier that their thread was your Memphis Grizzlies take to the road to face the Northern Arizona Suns, RIP in a rare NBA versus G league matchup. And then the original poster said, fuck, I hope I don't regret this title. They almost instantly changed it. And like midway through the first quarter, they deleted that thread and they started a new Someone
1: one. Someone asked that in our comments are like, did they delete the thread? They deleted the thread. You know, when they yeah, deleted as the bad.
0: <laughs> yes. But, so but I got a screen cap of it. So fuck off. Uh, here's some of the things that they said. Shannon Sharp in Arizona, any sights on him? And somebody responded We'd be able to spot that granny sweater from a mile away. LOL. The Memphis Grizzlies and their fan base will always hate Shannon Sharp forever, <laughs> won't they? <laughs>
1: It's the weirdest thing, dude, isn't it? <laughs> I think it's it's all for that show, man. You got to get ratings. Shannon Sharp does his thing, and Skip Bayless is an actor, too. It's all wrestling. It's all WWE it is. right now. It totally it is. I don't,
2: I don't really care about kind of stuff like this, but the fact that they let Shannon Sharp stay in yeah. the arena, that was the biggest red flag for me. I'm like, that's bullshit, because if that was one of us, we would have been oh, fucking be kicked so out. Yeah, that's
1: why you know it's a show. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it was
2: rigged. It was staged or whatever. That was bullshit, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he'll talk about it on the show Monday. Uh, somebody else said, I thought the Grizzlies were supposed to be playing the Suns today. Who's this team? So they were nice. surprised. Love that. Uh, nice. This is a great one. What the fuck is up with the officiating? Can't the re- refs not see that we're perfectly capable of losing this game on our own? <laughs> um, knew, knew the I, frust- I do, too. I absolutely yeah. love it. Uh, knew the frustration Dylan Brooks foul was coming. But there was a play where Dylan Brooks thought he was fouled on a play. And then shortly thereafter, he went and on offense, he really went at uh, the Phoenix Suns. Like he, it, there, there was an offensive foul and he drove to the hoop and he like, he he, he went up and he, he like threw his hands and I'm going to find the clip. and I'm going to put it on fucking Twitter because it made me mad. And then the next time down, he actually fouled Chris Paul and everybody knew it was coming. I will always remind everybody of Dylan, of Dylan, Brooks, and th- one of the reasons I hate him, this clip right here. Now it's on this is him know. in college in Oregon. Uh, and just master class on flopping. Uh, you can't fault the Lawrence Olivia- <laughs> I'll never let that go. It's nasty. That's I'll nasty, ne- man. I'll never let that go. Uh, another thing said on the subreddit, stakeout. Jaw is not even trying to hide his half-ass attitude today. Fuck it. I'm off. See you next game. Ooh, he, awesome. did look,
2: he did look a little off tonight, despite he what he did later up. in the game. He looked a little off.
0: Well, when, when his team's down, you know, he's an yeah. emotional player. Yep. And he ended with 27 points on 9 of 17 shooting. He was 1 of 2 from beyond the arc. He had 8 assists.
2: Still put up the numbers, but... S-
0: still put up the numbers. And to your point, Sons Geek, he did it in the second half. Of yeah. those 27 points... Uh, John Morant had 18 in the second half. He had a rough first half, just like the rest oh, of yeah. the team. And it was noted on the subreddit. Somebody said, I mean, just look at Joss' face. Whenever there's a close-up, the man's blazed. Yep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what wasn't... did I say? He looked like, um, he looked like Hook. From, yes. Um, I feel like yeah, he, he does he, look He like looked Hook. like
0: Dustin Hoffman in Hook yeah <laughs> I put in my notes look. That he
2: he didn't hit his second shot until the 150 mark of the second quarter that's it, which, is crazy, which
0: is crazy which is crazy I would if, be like
2: Booker doing that you know what I mean that, that's and, we, and we've
0: seen those things from our team and it's unbelievably frustrating so obviously yeah. their fan base was pretty frustrated as well yeah uh somebody said Dylan Brooks is such a dumbass somebody said get Brooks out <laughs> of the game uh <laughs> so somebody said I really think so remember it's Dylan Brooks's birthday today so good job sons way to give him a birthday present uh Somebody said, "I really think, or I think it's really cool that the quad, the squad is celebrating Chad's birthday by impersonating him on offense. First team, all chemistry. Because and and I, and I actually went on the subreddit. I, I unrevealed who I was. And I'm like, why do you call him Chad? <laughs> and they said it's tongue in cheek because he has Kobe's brain but Tony Allen's offensive prowess. <laughs> so they even they don't like Dylan Brooks. They think he sucks." That's the point of that.
1: That's what I was saying. I feel like even if he was on my team, same thing. It's funny to see the John Morant slander. It's kind of like reminds me of Booker when people are like, get him out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once Booker was young. He would drive you crazy certain times, but you can probably see that with Morant. <laughs> uh,
0: here, Here's a good observation from somebody. I always like when you have like, you know, you got a lot of people like, oh, this dumb shit, get him out of here. And he looks blazed like, fuck his mother. And then you have like somebody will come in there. They'll give like a really good analysis of their team. This is what somebody said about the Grizzlies. They said they're a young team, and they don't respond well to being down. When they go down 10, they take quick shot clock threes, which leads to long rebounds and run out tr- uh, transition points to compound the deficit. Simultaneously, they treat every defensive play as a frantic closeout and, e- and either overhelp and give up open threes or foul. Repeat the- repeat this a couple times, and their body language goes to shit, and they gave up. I knew when they started the game Otis 0- 7 uh, This was going to happen. This team is either amazing 70% of the time or total ass 30% of the time. There is no in between and that's okay. It's a young squad. What do you guys think of that?
2: Uh, You know what? I don't mean to trash on the suns right here. A lot of that kind of sounds like the suns the last three years. I'm not sure I fully
0: agree with everything
2: in that, you know, huge, but well put, you know, post, but that is true. And that just goes to show. I mean, the Grizzlies won, what, like 12 games in a row recently? That goes to show that anybody can get beat. Every team has flaws. Every team has weaknesses. But that was pretty well done. You know what I mean? But uh, that reminded me a little bit of the Suns, the way that that was written.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same exact thing. It does remind me of the Suns, too. (laughs) It reminds me more of the Suns
0: a couple years ago. Yeah, I feel, and, because yeah. Because I feel like the team is mature enough now. They know how to grind out. When they get down, they know they can grind out and get back in games. But they remind me of the younger Suns, you know, before Chris Paul came here, the Ricky Rubio year, the year prior to that, where it's like if you got down, you just knew you were screwed. Yep. So, just an interesting observation. To your point, Suns geek, it's you know the majority of teams are probably like that too. Uh, and then the last thing, would have preferred this effort from the start. We just lost back to back to ass teams. Whoever said that. Doesn't know ball. Suck my ass. <laughs> the Sun's Jam Session. Subreddit stakeout All right. This should be interesting. I want to get what everybody's uh, thoughts are on the Jam Star of the Game. Jam Star of the Game. All right, Jamsters and my Jam fam, this is a time to remind you. To let everybody know around you who your jam star of the game is, click like, (laughs) subscribe, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. Go to Suns Geek channel. Do the same thing. Give him some thumbs up. Spread the love. Do the right thing. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. There's some really good candidates (laughs) in this one uh let's go with uh matthew we'll let you go first scene as it was your birthday (laughs) the other day happy belated birthday happy Uh, happy belated birthday Matthew. we had the whole family over at my house today so we could watch some football no one got matthew a cake I I I got his own donuts. Got his own donuts. <laughs> the lady's like you
1: again. Another Steve. birthday by yourself, huh, buddy? <laughs> go ahead and sit down. Have a. Cup she of looks at her own. watch. She goes, "Oh yeah, it's about oh, that yeah. time of year. Matthew's yeah. here. A few more times. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna go because the <laughs> the only two plays I saw in this game were with Dario sarish I'm gonna give it to Dario. Okay i was watching the game and i only saw two plays tonight and uh you know i can hear john over there squiggling in the corner of the game but yeah dario
2: i mean <laughs> you you guys know me i like to always have a few honorable mentions here dario okay. honestly was one of my uh jam star of the games i'm not even gonna lie to you but honestly i think it was cp3 i know that he kind of had a rough half and we've already talked about it and everything but if he didn't have that first half Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows what this game looks like so i want to say chris paul uh is my jam star of the game but uh, you know honorable mention dario sarge tory craig and heck even cam johnson let's just throw cam johnson in there
0: i'm gonna give it to cp3 as well he had a double double in this game yep. ended with 10 assists ended with a total of 22 points so or 11 assists i'm sorry so 22 and 11 in his first game back absolutely Crazy. fantastic uh i will give an honorable mention to dylan brooks's hairdo uh, not so much the dreads on the front, but the little pigtail coming out the back. It's adorable. <laughs> it's adorable. It's one of those things. that's like, you just want to grab that pigtail and just start beating it in front of his face.
1: <laughs> you guys are weird with the punching and stuff. I don't know if I can go that far. <laughs> you and the Aussie Suns fans are Suns boss. The only what, person that I do? would
2: even do that to is Robert Horry. And you guys know why. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking uh-huh. about different things in Suns lore that will <laughs> live forever. And it's like Robert Horry, uh, John Paxson three in Game Seven last summer. Those are playing- and Dylan Brooks <laughs> <laughs> and Dylan Brooks. No, because Dylan Brooks is somebody who we actually beat. So, uh, but that those are our jam stars. Up next for the Phoenix Suns, we have them playing uh, at home against the Charlotte Hornets. Suns geek mentioned it at the front end of the podcast. An injured team. We don't know if Lamelo Ball is going to be playing. Kelly Oubre is out with a torn ligament, uh, yeah, so he's going to be out four to six weeks. Man. They're an injured team. Yeah. Uh, Terry Rozier is like leading them in scoring right now. They got Gordon Hayward back. They got PJ Washington. So they have some names. Are you afraid of those names? Are you afraid of, you know, as as you said, Brandon, a potential trap game knowing that Dallas is coming to town on Thursday? Do you see this as a trap game? Do you think the Suns (laughs) extend their winning streak or could this be one that surprises us?
2: Could be a potential. It's like all the above, if that makes sense. And the only reason I say that is just because of the Sun's circumstances right now. You know what I mean? Because we've been injured. We don't know who's playing from night to night and everything. I'm like, could be a potential trap game, but the Hornets are terrible for a reason. I think if we just come out with that first half effort that we did tonight, I think we'll get the W. And we need it. This is a game that we should win. And who knows what's going to happen in that Mavericks game. But even with the Spurs, they're terrible, man. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should get that win. So, I don't know. Matthew?
1: Yeah, well what did the Hornets have 3 and 7 in the last 10 games? They're they bad, won 2 man. in a row. I don't I think LaMelo this is like a lost year for them, man. I yeah. just think the injuries and what happened at the beginning of the season with um bridges like it just bad omen from the start. So big LaMelo fan. I like Gordon Hayward still a little bit, but it just needs to be a complete team to even compete. Um, I I think this is the Suns win. That's why I was I need- excited. I thought we would lose tonight. I thought the Suns would bounce back and beat the Horny Hornets, but they will get four wins in a row now. They, need to, they no? need to move.
2: They need to move Woo! on from some of those pieces too, and just rebuild around uh, around Lamelo.
1: Yeah, opinion. maybe a new owner too. I mean, or something. With, he's been a zero,
0: man. We're talking about it, so we'll see. Gordon Hayward is somebody who they could definitely get rid of. Yeah. PJ Washington, somebody they could get rid of. I think that you're right, Brandon. I think that you start with Lamelo. You get a shot at Wemby, a shot at Scoot Henderson, and you kind of go Anybody, from there. Man, they Anybody,
1: just, They need They need lots. Of or Joel Ramirez says Horns will get number one pick, and Jordan <laughs> will draft Kwame again. So he might <laughs> fuck that up. I don't want Wemby to go to that team. I want him to go to like a. I hate the Spurs, but you know, just a team that can actually make him a, you know, a superstar. It just it's it's scary to go to that.
0: They probably do that too. Yeah, facts. So we'll we'll see on Tuesday uh matthew last question from legend e before we get out of here yeah are you a fan of
1: dak prescott (laughs) you know i was gonna give this jersey jersey away to uh goodwill tomorrow if you guys want to be over here in albatooki it
0: might might be dropped off you're gonna give it to the donut lady yeah
1: yeah she's like yeah i (laughs) she's really tiny too so she could probably wear it to bed um (laughs) hey she uh or No, Prescott. I don't, I don't believe in him. I don't, I never have. And the reason we lost tonight is because of Prescott. I think coaching was good. I think defense was good. I think Prescott made those two mistakes he shouldn't have made. And then you had Tony Pollard get hurt. Once that happens, you know, you're screwed. You're not going to have a chance. That he's ankle our best bad, man. Yeah. That he's our best tough. offensive player for sure. But right next to CD. Um, But Prescott, I don't believe in a man. He just looking <laughs> at your, his eye, his face, not good. I don't, he doesn't have the confidence that I want in a quarterback. So, I want Tom Brady. That's who I want. All get right. him. Could you imagine? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, dude. Good defense. What a waste of a fucking good defense, man. And yeah. tonight, the Niners were beatable. Just Prescott made those two stupid interceptions.
0: Well, I'm sorry, Matthew. I'm sorry it's that all right. the Dallas Cowboys lost. At least the Suns uh, won. Amen. Going. Amen. Worthless we, game. we didn't get the trifecta. <laughs> we didn't get the trifecta. My mom's yeah. Buffalo Bills lost. So, I, I have a Buffalo Bills hat <clears> that I'll never wear again. Uh, Matthews team lost, but you know what? At least we have the Suns and at least they won. So we appreciate everyone for hanging out with us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. Brandon, remind everyone where they can follow your amazing content before we get out of here.
2: Yes, sir. Once again, thank you guys for having me. You guys are the OGs and the best Suns post game podcast out there. You guys are great. Uh, check me out on Suns Geek on YouTube, consistently uploading videos and reactions and trying to do as many post game live shows as I can. Just consistently uploading content. I'm even on TikTok now. I thought I would never say that. TikTok wow. Fun, Suns Geek on the Talk. Right? Oh, yeah, it's Oscar a lot of man. fun. Follow me on TikTok, on Instagram, TikTok. Twitter. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Anytime you guys need me, seriously, even if I can't make it, just reach out. You guys know I'll be available for the
0: most part. We appreciate that more than yeah, you know. You. We really do. Yep. Uh, Matthew, what's the Cowboys record going to be next year?
1: Um, it doesn't matter. There you go. Uh, <laughs> are they adding another game to the season <laughs> probably probably uh
0: you can follow the show at suns jam you can follow me at darth voida you can follow him mm-hmm. happy birthday matthew and on that note jamsters we'll see you live on tuesday evening after the phoenix suns play the charlotte hornets until then I g- I thank you ever so much suns geek for joining us matthew get us out of here
1: yeah go home and love your prescott jersey or give it to the donut ladies <laughs>